Pitt's hopes for another magical season took a major hit on Saturday night in a disappointing loss to lowly Georgia Tech. Now the Panthers must get up off the mat and fight back and show they still have what it takes to compete in the ACC. We discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes? Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. The one home game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of October 8th. 2022 and this is the hail to pit podcast i'm alan and i'm vince humble that's the uh it's the only word i could think of after last week's unexpected loss to georgia tech how humble does that kind of loss make a team more importantly how humble does a loss like that make a podcaster who bleeds for that team heads are out of our keisters vince I'm sober as a bird today. Let's figure our stuff out. Let's figure it out today. Figure we'll this try. thing out. <laughs> we, we will try to, to make some sense of what happened on Saturday night. I'm still not quite sure what I saw. Uh, just a, a embarrassing performance. I, 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 I still can't believe that that was... That cannot be that this real pit team, uh, but we'll try to we'll try to sort it out and make heads or tails of it uh, on this week's episode. Just just st- still in shock, I'd say. Definitely, because it was one of those nights where at the end of it, you were just saying to yourself, what the hell did I just watch? What the hell just happened? I'm, I'm, my head's spinning. I want to say all the horrible things in the world about this team right now. But th- what I did was I just went straight to bed. In anger, Vince, I which I rarely do, but I, I I almost wanted to podcast that night. Good thing we have it to really unload today. Do that with us today. Just let it all out. Let it all out. It's a frustrating loss. Does it ruin the season? I don't know. We're going to discuss that, and of course, we're going to break down the ins and outs of the Georgia Tech loss and look ahead because that's what we do to Virginia Tech coming this week. And now we know for sure, Vince, no gimmies in the coastal or really anywhere in football football is a very painful sport not just physically emotionally we learned that big time last week now let's be here for each other let me carney bark at you to start this thing off at h2p show is how you could follow us on twitter dms open holler at us there or email hail to pit podcast at gmail.com hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com if you want to send I don't know, a 500-word essay on why Pitt lost to Georgia Tech and how that made you feel, I'd read it, send it over. But send that in the email. Tweets that long are kind of tough. And we appreciate all the feedback and all the up upset fans out there. We appreciate everyone who just been radio silent this week because it's a Pitt loss, and let's face it, Vince, less people are going to listen this week because yeah. they're very upset. I don't blame them. Some people shut off. Some people dial in. For those of you who dialed in, we appreciate you even more, even if you're on Panther Lair hooting and hollering and coming up with conspiracy theories and blaming Pat Narduzzi or whatever you're doing on there. We'll find out. I didn't really look there this week, but 
I'm sure it was a lot of fun. We are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com right now to get your own podcast started. And say after last week's loss, you had a thought in your head, this must signify that the end is indeed coming. The end of the world is coming. I can have nothing good in my life. Nobody's probably going to really get anything good in their life if they're following this team. I think I'll do a podcast on the end of the world and all the misery I'm experiencing, and maybe that'll be a good way to unload, a good outlet podcasting on my sadness. And if you thought that on Saturday, well, you could do that show right now. Just go to prettyeasypodcast.com and get the producer to help you do all, all the podcasting you want on issues like your depression your sadness and your coping mechanisms even if they're you know terrible things like alcohol and drugs pretty easy podcasts will work with you not on fixing your issues but on making sure your podcast sounds great you could do it all right now at an affordable price by going to prettyeasypodcast.com and they make podcasting uh pretty easy how easy was it to get over that loss for you vince because I wasn't over it until you and I just hopped on this call right before we started hitting record. I was down in the dumps until we started working some of the issues out before we even hit record. We're saving a lot for the year, but already feeling a little bit better. So thank you. I, I guess. I, I I don't know if I'm necessarily over it, but there's no time to really, uh, to, to really, you know, uh, soak in your, in your own uh, sorrows here because uh, we got another big game coming up this week, uh, but uh, I do think we need to, you know, talk about what went on here and see if we could try to fix this thing. I mean, th- we could, we have time. We could be upset about it all year long. But Pat Narduzzi, every player on, on the Pitt football team, they can't. They just need to look ahead to Virginia Tech. But they watched game tape, and oh my, what things they saw! Especially that offense on third down. Especially that interior mm-hmm. offensive line. Good. God, that was hard to watch. It was hard to watch for me. Imagine if you're Keaton Slovis watching big, fat, giant nose tackles and linebackers get right in your grill all game long. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pat Narduzzi in his uh, press conference this week, you know, he did discuss uh, some of these offensive line woes that they had. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Branson Taylor, you know, getting a whole lot of play in there. It looked like Carter Warren was not in the game. Uh, you know, Jake Cradle, you know, getting a start at center. Uh, and the center is usually making all those calls. He coach kind of called him out and said, yeah. you know, he's got to do better. Not uh, a good with, showing for Jake Cradle out of position, with, I know, but geez, that was, I think, easily the weakest spot of the field for Pitt. Yeah, got to do, got to do better with those protection calls, and you know, for for some pit fans, be careful what you wish for. You wanted Owen Drexel out of there, uh, and and you know now Pitt is Pitt seems offensive line seems to be struggling in, in that situation. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to put all this on the offensive line, Alan, but they certainly have not played well so far this year, and and and, and including Saturday night in a 26-21 loss. Yeah, I, we're learning that even though you have a bunch of guys who have played a, for a while and play, you know, collectively and individually, doesn't mean squad unless they go out and execute. Twelve penalties in this game for Pitt. I'd say the yeah. majority of them were on the offensive line. Yep, yep, twelve penalties, uh, and and you mentioned it two for twelve on third down conversions. Yeah, uh, that is just not not going to get it done. 
it, it those are the kind of things that you know Pitt really did well last year you know situational football we talk about it all the time in this time and and you know they were money last year but this year just really hurting uh hurting on those money downs um I mean when you couple that stuff with you know three turnovers uh all in your own end basically and the other team doesn't even need to drive very, uh you know hardly at all uh to get points Allen they for uh Georgia Tech had had two scoring drives in the second half didn't even get a first down uh and, and got field goals off of them. you know that that's the difference in a game there uh and and you're not and you're not cashing in on your own uh turnover opportunities four dropped interceptions I counted Allen during this game four of them one of them uh, at the very beginning of the game Eric Hallett could have been a pick six uh just uh things just did not go did, did not go right in that in that turnover department but all, but all those other penalties third downs you know that's on that's on this team that's the kind of stuff that should not be you know ba- you don't need that to balance out or anything you got to go out and execute and they didn't do it no yeah really nowhere on the field now the defense at times showed up made those stops and forced field goals which is why I mean really you have three turnovers the way Pitt did you go what are they two for a hundred on third down two for 12 two for 12 on third down so you get beat in the turnover game you're terrible uh, on even third and manageable and you still only lost by five you still somehow even had a chance to chuck it and maybe get lucky. And win. This was the kind of game where you watched it and you said, yeah, everything that could have gone wrong in this game went wrong. Uh, heads were up their rear, rear ends at crucial positions. Uh, maybe a little cocky, you would say then. Maybe they were. Maybe they listened to the show last week and picked me, heard me pick them to win 42-7 uh, to seven or whatever I said stupidly. I don't know. I mean, you know, yes, they did win the yardage battle in this game. Uh, you know, four hundred and eleven to three thirty-four. That's a decent margin. Uh, but it was, it's, you know, it was those turnovers. It was those penalties. That that hidden yardage uh, just just really cost them. But uh, so you look at that. But then also at the same time, you gave up two hundred thirty-two yards on the ground, Allen, uh, to a team that's not very good. Uh, that, you know, as good as, uh, the defense may have played at times and, you know, they, they held them, uh, when they needed to, uh, they couldn't get big stops at the end and, and they, they were getting gashed. Uh, and, you know, for a, a team that, you know, prides itself on stopping the run, I mean, this is getting a little disturbing. Uh, we've seen them, you know, in that West Virginia game gave up way too many yards on the ground. Coach said he was going to fix it. Well, you know, it was not fixed. Uh, on on Saturday night, um, yeah, defensive line not getting enough penetration all the time. Linebackers out of position, uh, just overall, just just not not where it needs to be. Yeah, and watching tape again because I did at least I tried to get through the entire game one more time. I turned it off. I almost threw up. But over pursuit by linebackers, my goodness, it's so hard to watch. Guys running themselves out of position actually when there's great penetration. And that's what you saw <laughs> at the end of the game. Pitts yeah. knows they're running. And they just run right out of the road, just out of the road of the running back, just totally away from where you should be, what filling in a hole as a linebacker. And 
it's just too easy for these offenses to just kind of run straight forward and Pitt's taking themselves out of the play at times. It's, I don't know, is it they're they're just so so aggressive that that'll happen and that's the kind of the uh, bolt of lightning you're riding on in the Pat Narduzzi defense. We haven't seen it like this before. We've seen them give up big plays, Vince, but it's like now a thing in 2022. It's becoming a personality trait of the Pitt defense. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not that, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, you know, they may not. Uh, what's it going to happen whenever they play a really good offense? Yeah, uh, I mean, that just uh, you know, typically it's been it's you know it's been the pass that has just plagued this team. But now the, the fact that they can't stop the run, uh, I don't know. Maybe we took for granted all those linebackers that departed uh, this past year. Uh, you know, and we're all raving about this athleticism that they have at the position. But if, but if you're out of position, it doesn't matter. So the defense at the end there, they give up that, that touchdown they gave at the very end was, I guess, fatigue. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, uh, how that happened. Cause they really very much were in the game. Uh, Jane Bradley just took the game over Vince. We said in the, the receivers had been disappointing, or at least some people were saying that. I kind of defended them last week. They sh- did not show up in this game either. Uh, is it them not getting open, or is it Slovis, I, I think, holding on to the ball a little bit too much, if you ask me. Uh, but a guy like Jaden Bradley at the end, whenever Slovis starts unleashing the ball, uh, looked pretty good. Yeah, and, and that's what I, you know. I don't quite understand uh, you know, the game plan here. It, it you know they. Uh, maybe it's hard to say because they went three and out so many times, you know, at, at the at the beginning of the game, they just never really got in a rhythm. But, you know, we saw that second half against West Virginia, that first half against Tennessee, which Slovis was just slinging the ball all over the field, uh, down the field. Uh, and, and, you know, for, you know, three quarters of this game plus, uh, there was just no aggressiveness at all, uh, it seemed like. Uh, and it just, and it, they didn't really, you know, get into a groove passing until it was, you know, towards the end, end of the game. And it was too late. Uh, I, I just, uh, it seemed like that they had in their mind that, you know, all right, we're going to come out here. We're going to, we're going to run the ball. Um, we're not going to make, we're not going to try to make any mistakes and, and we're going to be able to win comfortably. Uh, doing that, and it just it, there was no adjustment to game plan uh, from from one half to to the next, and it, it just by the time they they tried anything different, it was just too late. And and especially, you know, it, your your top running back goes out. Uh, you think you'd maybe make you know as good as Vincent Davis has done at times. You think you'd make some adjustment there, uh, and and maybe start throwing more, and they, and they didn't do it. I, I I just don't I just don't get uh, what the game plan is uh, you know for this uh, you know why they they did not change up what they were doing earlier in this game I just don't understand it. Yeah, it was really obvious to see that at the end when they just said okay screw it let's throw the chuck the ball and let's we got to score quickly they were able to do that and they didn't even really attempt that. Uh, early in the game throughout the game and maybe it is you know maybe they they did dip their toe and going down the field a little bit and then they would get you know they would get a false start 
or a penalty yeah. on the offensive line, and then they, things would get <clears throat> stalled and they'd have to punt or whatever, or the turnovers. So maybe all the s- stops and starts and the momentum getting kind of shut down by themselves uh, was a part of that not occurring throughout the game. And by that, I mean uh, Pitt moving the ball through the air like they did at the very end of the game earlier in the game. And, okay, so Slovis, is he capable of doing it? Yeah, but is he, is he capable of doing that consistently? I, I'm, I don't know. And is it because he's terrified uh, of making a, a, bat, a poor decision? Is it because he has too much traffic right in his face? Is it because the receivers can't get open? Myself watching this this game and the and the season so far, Vince, I think I am concluding just this week. Things change and things can change. Pitt definitely can make adjustments. I think we're going to get into the Virginia Tech game in a sec, but so far, what I see is a quarterback who's definitely afraid to take chances early in a game uh, until he absolutely has to. And I see an offensive line that's not really capable of giving him total protection and a guy who's not really comfortable doing anything but throwing from the pocket. He doesn't want to throw on the run, it seems. So a couple add all that together, and Pitt doesn't really have uh, an effective passing game, and that's maybe why Signetti's really going all in on the run, which we kind of thought would happen earlier as the season started. Well, and and we thought that that would be the game plan this week, given – uh, Georgia Tech's you know, performance against the run uh, their past several games. So I don't think anybody's faulting the uh, you know, the the attempted game plan there. But whenever it was not working, uh, you'd think that they would try something different or, or try to be a little bit more balanced. Uh, and that just uh, that 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 did not take place. I I, I don't I I think I'm still going to defend Slovis here. I think he's. I, I think he's he could be very deadly uh, from the pocket. Uh, has he been given you know, the best amount of time? No. Has has the receivers gotten open all the time? No. But I think he can still be good enough. And I think you got to take your chances, um, especially at these against some of these teams that just aren't that great. Uh, it, it Georgia Tech is is not a world beater here by by any stretch. I, it's not like they have all these all Americans in their secondary. Go out and challenge these guys and 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 trust your receivers to make a play. I, I, that's 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 what I would do. And they just uh, they seem very risk adverse until to end of the game. Minka Fitzpatrick said it, Vince. It's ter- It's it's it's. I'm paraphrasing, but it's never great when you lose to people you know you're better than. This pit loss was pit playing bad, not Georgia Tech playing good. Georgia Tech came out and they played smart football. They played complimentary football. They played for their new coach. Give them credit. But Pitt was a better team out there, and they just went out and beat themselves. 12 penalties, three tor- turnovers. The, the, the numbers tell the story in this game. It's it, not hard to see. How, you can fix this, Pitt. You yeah, can't I mean, fix it. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas in this game. I mean, if if Eric Hallett intercepts that pass and takes it to the house and Pitt jumps on this team 7 nothing real quick. Vincent probably, Davis was more it, lit and not fumbling. Yeah, I mean, those uh, – I mean, as stalled out as the as the offense was in the, in the first half, we, we couldn't really see – you know what they were going to do be, uh, in the second half because of those, you know, those turnovers. I mean, it was those were just absolute killers inside your own, 
uh, inside your own uh, end there. I mean, if those don't happen and, you know, pickets, even if they didn't, I mean, they were winning this game seven to six at halftime. If it wasn't for those turnovers, it may have ended seven to six. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and Signetti would have loved that too, because he's just been running the ball the whole time. Uh, to, to be honest, I mean, and that I mean, I'm not I'm not signaling singling out Vincent Davis for those two turnovers, but uh, you know, they those, those were absolutely they were absolutely critical. You know, some of the penalties, you know, you could debate whether they were or not that you know intentional grounding and all all that stuff. Uh, yeah, there was a lot. Of, none of those plays went Pitt's way at all. Uh, and, and whenever you're playing a game conservatively, uh, the impact of those types of plays just get magnified so much, and and it's and it's very hard to recover. Uh, it, it's not like you know Pitt was coming out there uh, and, and throwing downfield and, and was capable of scoring a, a bunch of points. Uh, they they did not take that. Uh, they didn't have that mindset this game and, and and whenever you have this this these things uh that are just absolute killers it, it's it's major and worst of all we just broke down what happened you remember what happened we just said what happened that's the game that's the georgia tech loss it's behind us but the worst part about the loss isn't even the l it's the other talk that comes along with a loss like that and that's well they obviously 12 12 uh penalties team wasn't prepared that's on coaching and that's where people who want to come after the coaching staff that did so great i think last year and a lot of us support uh gives them fodder because really they were not prepared for georgia tech either overconfident underprepared who knows but numbers don't lie Pitt went out there they were not ready uh to play to their their capabilities on a night they definitely should have been winning and when it happens like that blame for the coach is uh, warranted for sure. And I hate when that happens because I love Pat Narduzzi, but you have to s- put a lot of blame on the coaching staff for a loss like that. Players went out, did not execute, but obviously they were not prepared. 12 penalties, yeah. more yeah. than anything. That Those were killers. It, it, yeah, it it goes, I, I think I think this blame is all around, you know, you know, offense, defense, and coaching. Uh, you said, you know, Penalties, you know, obviously the game plan, uh, not not seemingly not making adjustments in the second half. That, that's all in the coaching. Uh, you know, we talked about the shortcomings on, on defense and, and just poor execution on, on offense. Uh, this is uh, this is stuff that's got to that's got to change. I mean, they got to they got to start playing the guys that are going to execute. You know, even if they may not be the the best of uh, their their players in practice, they got to play the guys that are going to execute in these big moments because that that's what that's what's critical. It's killing them right now. Hate a loss like that. Hate to use the word hate, but hate it. Damn it. Sorry. Darn it. Oh, we finna get lit tonight. Yeah. All right, Virginia Tech now, Vince. Yeah. Hokies, Panthers. A game that two weeks ago I would have said, ha ha, Pitt's got them. They're not even worried about Virginia Tech. And they did just get clubbered by North Carolina. But, uh, you know, I'm not taking anything for granted now. I'm scared to death. What do we got this week going into this game? Pitt's a favorite, obviously. World will be picking them. uh, But uh, you never know. What is this, a two-touchdown 
favorite. Yeah, two touchdown favorite, 14, 14 and a half I'm seeing. Uh, Virginia Tech coming in here, uh, two and three, uh, lost to Old Dominion in their opening game. Uh, but then they they lost their last two against West Virginia and North Carolina. Uh, they lost by 20 and 30 points, respectively, in those games, Alan. Not even, uh, especially in the second half, not even in those games at all. Uh, just getting blown out and, uh, you know, giving up huge plays. Um, you know, particularly, uh, I was watching this North Carolina game very closely, Alan, on Saturday. And they really struggled. Uh, you know, stopping the pass and quarterback runs in this game. Uh, so, you know, if if this offense is going to, you know, if this passing attack is going to get on track, it better be this week because if they if they cannot pass on these guys, uh, that then they're that really says something for the rest of the year. Slovis, please, please. Chuck it the way you can chuck it this week. That's what I'm looking for forward to the most is an an a, a back against the wall, Keaton Slovis. What's this quarterback going to do now that he's gone out there, he's suffered a terrible defeat, he's gone out there, he's been injured, he's gone out there, he's left a school at, like USC, gone to Pitt to reinvent himself and keep his NFL dreams alive. A loss like that last week, you know, it wasn't a terrible performance from Keen Slovis numbers-wise, and he looked good, but leadership, leading the team to victory, I put it all on the quarterback's shoulders, and that seems simplifying it a little bit, but you just laid it out there, Vince. This is a team that if you have a good quarterback, you should crush them. Well, you should, but and also I'm going to say I'm going to put on this, these receivers too. I'm going to put it on them. They need to start, you know, making some plays. In these games, I mean, even even I last week, I thought Conatay Mumfield looked pretty good last week in spots. He was he was showing it, up. It, well, it, I mean, even even last even a Jared Wayne Allen dropped a pass last week. I mean, it just was not like you said a game where where nothing it was, was real going wet, right. It, in in the first half, it was raining. It was not a downpour by any stretch, and it did not rain at all in the second half. So. I'm, you know, to me, weather was not a factor at all in that ball game here. But uh, this offense must, uh, you know, I think they got to come out and they got to they got to be aggressive. They got to throw this ball. And especially, you know, we don't know, you know, we're assuming Rodney Hammond's still not going to be back for this game. Israel Banacanda went out, never returned. We don't know his status. Uh, at least as of now, this live on tape show, we, we don't know if he's going to be in there. If you're down to uh, Vincent Davis, a, a Sebo Fomester, and, uh, and a Danny Carter, I, I think you got to be saying, hey, we're going to come out here and, and you know, uh, and let, let, it, let it go on our aerial attack in order to win this game. I, I think that's what you got to be be looking at because uh, you, you got to got to get some confidence in in this in this passing game especially you know, Alan you know you hate to look ahead at this point but you're going up against uh, uh, after a bye week you're going to have Louisville and North Carolina back to back on a road two teams that can score and score a lot you're going to need to put up points to 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 beat those those teams to stay in those games and they got to start 
they got to start doing that. And and this is going to have to be the week uh, where, where they get started again. If they cannot pass on this Virginia Tech team, uh, I don't I don't know who they're going to be able to pass on. Yeah, and then defensively, uh, a running back for for Virginia Tech that they really haven't utilized a ton, but is averaging a ton of yards uh, when they do give him the ball in Keyshawn King. Yep. Uh, they also have Jalen Holston, who's their lead in terms of um, uh, attempts uh, running back. So they've got capable running backs. So that does uh, does kind of strike fear into you if you're a pit fan, seeing how they're susceptible to the run, even against a poor uh, offense like Georgia Tech. So nothing for granted in, in this one. But Grant Wells will be running for his life. I do expect a, a lot of pressure from Pitt's front seven. And uh, after a loss like that, too, on that on that field, I mean, you're going to see a lot of people playing with a chip on their shoulder, but probably none more than the front seven of the Pitt Panthers against this Virginia Tech offense expecting and I'm, I'm demanding a hell of a performance from them this week. That's yeah. Uh, Virginia Tech is going to come out and try to establish a run. I think they're going to try to hit those cutback runs uh, that Pitt has been gashed on this year. Uh, I definitely see them attempting that. And as you you mentioned, Alan, those stats. You know, they, you know, when you got a running back averaging over five yards carry, you definitely have somebody capable of hitting those big plays. I definitely uh, foresee that happening. Getting getting big stops. On on first down, on second down, are going to be absolutely critical because this, this Grant Wells uh, uh, for quarterback for Virginia Tech is not not great. Um, you know, under sixty percent passing this year. He's only thrown for more than two hundred yards in one game against Wolford Allen. So I I just Wolford uh, uh, yeah they they gonna they're gonna have to you know really get after this kid and that's that's gonna start first and second down they're gonna have to stop the run because you know Virginia Tech's gonna try that uh, against them uh, so we'll we'll see yeah, they're, they're gonna have to to really get on them early they they're gonna have to make sure they make these key tackles uh, on, on these cutback runs I think that's gonna be uh, you know maybe the decider of the game there yeah I mean yeah if if that if that gets shut down really you don't. I mean, barring turnovers and other nonsense, Pitt should handle this team well. They're way more one-dimensional, uh, way more, uh, I mean, just susceptible to uh, being dominated on offense than uh, Pitt's offense, who does struggle, but they are more mul- they are mul- multiple. They have more capable players on offense than Virginia Tech does. But that doesn't mean jack squat, as we just learned. And, of course, Virginia Tech on defense, they do have a leader in Dax Hollyfield, who is quite the capable linebacker of causing a Vincent Davis fumble or or even a Keaton Slovis fumble. So watch out for that. But this team has only had one interception, it looks like, looking down at their at the sheet here I have in front of me, Vince. So Keaton Slovis, <laughs> damn it, unleash, go for it. This team has one pick. That's what I'm saying. This is not the uh, Virginia Tech secondaries of the past. No. Uh, they are they are not not very strong in, in that in that uh, in, in that area of the field. I, they're very susceptible. I think they could be had here, but Pitt's got to go out and want to do it. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. They got to want to. They got to go out there with the game plan, with the mindset that 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 they're going to do do that. Uh, and that you know. 
the past several weeks that remains to be seen. And that, that has me very concerned. And the word of the day for at least me on this show, Vince, is humble. And we're being humble. We've been humbled. And when you get humbled, you go out, you have more respect for your opponents. You're more focused. And I think the word of the day for the pit, defense, offense, everyone, the, the training staff, everyone, the word this week, discipline, have some discipline in this game, which they did not have against Georgia Tech. More than anything, that's what they'll need against Virginia Tech. And I cannot wait to pick that score a little bit later on in the show, Vince, but we must move on because we've been a little bit too level-headed, a little bit too sober, a little bit too straight-laced. Let's get a little wild. Let's see the nonsense that goes on after a loss on the Pitternet. Can you explain what Internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. Ricked 113 on Panther Lair. Slovis had his shot and he is not very good. Time to go, Patty or Yarnell. <laughs> I mean, I could have just wrote that one and then put any fake internet name above it, Vince. I knew I, that one was coming I, this I, week. I, I, he is not the only person I, I have heard say this. Of course. R- Rick T. Uh, 113. I've had, I've had sh- uh, shop workers I, I work with tell me this. Uh, it, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, we had some speculation that, that last week that Slovis may still be hurt. Uh, you know, maybe he's still feeling the effects of, a, of that concussion. Well, I, that I, I don't I, know. I can't speculate uh, on that. Maybe. We, we I don't, don't know. We don't know. Uh, it, it, it just, it, it's hard to believe, you know, uh, he looked so sharp that game against Tennessee and, and seeing what we saw, you know, last week, it, it uh, I, I don't know how to explain it, uh, but I do know this. Uh, Nick Patty is probably still very hurt. Yes. I will not I, be. <laughs> I told you all after the Tennessee game, obviously Rick 113 or whatever doesn't listen to the show because I told you Nick Patty's not coming back. They, they should not put him in a game again after what he's been through injury-wise. Uh, as much as I love watching him play football, no. And it would be Yarnell if it's... I, right now, out. I think it would be Yarnell if he had to come in, and it, we have an extremely small sample size of him. I'm not saying he can't be a good player. I'm not saying that he isn't going to do do great things here. But uh, I, you know, a, as important as this game is, I still firmly believe you know a a a 100 healthy Keaton Slovis is the guy uh, to lead this team, and I think we'll see it Saturday night. I agree with that. And uh, it's not as simple as some other teams in town when it comes to, oh, get rid of this quarterback and go to the next one. Because the next one, you don't know. I mean, as much as Yarnell, you know, he's a winner because he's an undefeated college quarterback. Give him that. I don't think he's on that slowest level. He doesn't have that that Kenny Pickett dog in him that everyone's talking about in town. So, um, I'll stick with Slovis for the time being. Far from not sticking with him. Just... A little frustrated with his lack of a, a quick trigger finger, but that could be cleared yep. up, especially this week against Virginia Tech. Salem, Salem Panther on Panther Lair, and a happy spooky season to Salem Panther and the Sanderson sisters. 
up there. Salem Panther said, we have a power running offense, and we have a 240-pound running back taking a backseat to a kid that goes about 170. We have a 215-pound back that's as soft as they get. We Flemister, who runs hard but doesn't get many carries. This offensive line is as pathetic as they get. Our best linemen are our young guys. They need to start playing more. Enos, Taylor, and Bayer before they start looking to the portal. Why aren't they playing Barden and Bradley more? On defense, Cansey and the defensive tackles aren't playing as advertised, and Bengali always seems to be out of position. The DBs dropped four sure picks, which is absolutely unforgivable. Slovis needs benched in favor of Yarnell so he can gain more experience for next season. The only coach does should keep his partridge. This game was the worst game I've seen in years. No effort. I mean, really breaking everything down there, uh, Salem Panther, and saying all the things I was imagining people on the internet would be saying as I was watching Pitt lose the Georgia Tech. Yeah, this kind of summed it up. I, I do agree with the part where he says this this game was the worst game I've seen in years. I'm not going to say there was no effort, but it was the worst game I'd seen in a very long time. Uh, it, to be favored by over three touchdowns at home and lose it w- w- was embarrassing uh but but all this about how we should just you know, <laughs> you know play you know play every young player on the team i mean that's just that's just ridiculous there is so much <laughs> there's so much for this team uh to accomplish that they still can I, at least i still believe so uh that that i don't think they're going to do anything drastic like that all, although his 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 these notes that you know, uh, you know, guys are not playing as advertised and you know, out of position. You know, I, I agree with that stuff. Uh, I, I agree. You know, that, you know we got to do better in some cases. But uh, all, all the, these wholesale changes that are being proposed, <laughs> I, I just am not in favor of that. It's the most Panther Lair, Panther Lair post I've ever seen. Play all the young recruits we got. Bench the quarterback. I'm su- the one shocker is I'm, I'm surprised I didn't see Fire Narduzzi in that rant. Salem Panther though coming coming strong. I gotta start. I gotta start taking notes on what I expect to hear on Panther Lair, especially and just the Pitternet in general during the game because I feel feel like I was hearing all those thoughts in my head from fans across the Pitternet as I watched that game, Vince. So well summed up there, Salem Panther. Um, I don't think we need any more because that did that did pretty well. Um, I don't know. I'm not. Well, it's a lot of giving up after one loss. There, that happens. That's like a thing that happens in the SEC. I don't do that. Do you? We shouldn't be doing that. It's what early Pitt can still win the Coastal. We haven't mentioned that. You know, they still can. Be tough, but and it, well, I'll say this with how poorly some of these teams of the Coastal look. I think there's there's still a high likelihood. Uh, yeah, there there's a lot. Uh, there, there's still a lot to play for. Whoa. whoa. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll we'll see <laughs> maybe we'll have a different opinion af- after this week's game but but uh, as of right now I'm still saying that they uh they, they have a lot to play for and I I think I think they still have what it takes I do well they'll have to get it done against Virginia Tech these Pitt Panthers lots of uh just nonsense on the internet but then you walk around town you go and vince just said he was hearing people out in the shops and 
uh, on the floor. I mean, I, I had a cousin who said he was in traffic the other day and he let a guy make a Pittsburgh left. And as the guy was turning, yelled at him, you see Kenny play. There are a lot of people talking about Kenny Pickett this week around town. Yeah. Let's be honest. And not about the Pitt Panthers, which might be a good thing. Maybe that's the greatest gift Kenny Pickett's ever given Pitt. <laughs> after their worst loss in years, nobody's talking about it because he debuted this week for the Steelers. But everyone around town's buzzing about Pickett, but also about a little bit about what Pitt is now without Pickett. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. See, I told you, that team wasn't even that good last year. Can't even beat a team who just fired her coach. Yeah, yeah, but the, they lost like that last year to a team that wasn't even in the power five in that. Yeah, yeah, that team had a lot more Whippeal players on it, though. Hail to Pitt. So that's what the Yinzers are saying. Uh it's just <laughs> a lot, a lot of wild emotions uh, after after what we saw at Heinz Field Saturday night. Uh, but that's in the past. We got to focus uh, on Virginia Tech this week, Alan. Before we get to that, I want to talk to you about a, a few games around the country. One out west that uh, I am very, very interested to talk about. Oh, college football! Don't you dare think I'm I'm sleeping on the Pac-12. I've been telling everyone all year the Pac-12 is the best conference. It's not going anywhere. No, I haven't. But, man, I'm way out west is where all the good football is being played now. I have <laughs> noticed, Vince. I'll tell you that. And th this week we got some big games, big old games we're going to be looking at. Uh, last week, how do we do, though? I, we, I, we don't check back on our, our picks as much. I feel like uh, I, I hit everything and you missed on everything. Is that how it went? Except the uh, pick game. I don't. Uh, I don't know if that was quite a hundred percent, but I imagine it was close. <laughs> Pretty terrible on the year, and that's why we don't keep track. Uh, but let's get into uh, this week's slate. Uh, the big one out west that we'll get into in a second. But real quick, let's talk about our friends, the Tennessee Volunteers. Yep, getting back yeah. at it. They're a top ten team. Yep. Are you rooting for them in the SEC now that uh, Pitt suffered a loss to them? I guess so, and I am specifically rooting for them in this game here. Yeah, <laughs> number eight, too. number eight, Tennessee. Uh, they're actually getting uh, getting three points, Allen. Getting wow. three points at number tw twenty-five, LSU, uh, in Death Valley. Uh, this game opened two and a half. I'm now seeing three. What's interesting, though, Allen, even th this is a game at LSU. This is not a night game. This is a game that's going to be kicking off at 11 a.m. Eastern. I'm, I'm sure your uh, colleagues uh, down in, in, in Baton Rouge are not too happy about that. Yeah, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. or a.m. local time uh, in Baton Rouge. Yeah, this is a, an odd, uh, odd one. So it's ripe for some craziness to go down on the field. Uh, last week they were hooting and hollering, at least in the nat the national people were about how ooh, Auburn and LSU is always a weird game. I think this is going to be the weird game. This is going to be really weird. You got Brian Kelly out there, um, who's technically doing all right with LSU. They are ranked now, and they are not they are undefeated in the conference, and uh, they're 
at home now with a big opportunity to put his tenure on the map, his uh, reign on the map yeah. at LSU with a victory this week. Yeah, I, I I look at this and I do have this wrong on this sheet, Alan. That Tennessee a three point favorite, excuse me, three point favorite in in this game. Uh, the fact that this is not a night game, I, I think you know, really plays into Tennessee's hands. Uh, LSU very fortunate to beat Mississippi State. Uh, that you know they needed a muffed punt uh, in order to get a victory there. Uh, Tennessee seems to be the real deal. They had a bye week after uh, that that huge uh, emotional victory over Florida. I think they're going to come out snorting in this game. They have had some injuries, though, uh, but I just think uh, LSU is just not as good as maybe their ranking may say, and I'm, I'm going to go with the Volunteers. Uh, and LSU fans are not known. They're known for a lot of things. They're great fans. They're supportive. They're wild. They're rowdy. They have their traditions. But what they don't have a tradition of is uh, early tailgating. They're not used to these early kickoffs. They, they're going to have to get there now at 5 a.m. to get a full day of tailgating like they're used to, to, to get ready <laughs> for Tennessee. This is, do, this do you is think they might atmosphere. be... Do you think they may be blowed up by the time the game starts? Yeah, I mean, this is just, it's different. It's a different type of, uh, different waters they're swimming in. Then, and, you know, also <laughs> the speed of the Tennessee offense, uh, I don't think fans are going to be ready. And I don't think Brian Kelly's defense is going to be ready. I got Tennessee winning. I'm going to go 35 to 24. Uh, I. Uh, I like them a lot in this. I I, th I think you're right on. I, I do know for a fact that there is going to be a lot of Tennessee tr fans traveling to this game, Alan. Uh, a lot of Tennessee fans are going to be at this game. Uh, and uh, it it just seems like LSU is just not ready for this. That Their team and their fans. Uh, I mean, how much boudin can you really cook? You know, in you know the the wee hours of the morning, getting getting what ready for uh, for an 11 a.m. kick. And a lot of that stuff's gonna have to be cooked the night before, and then it's gonna be sitting out. It's just not. It's just not good timing. No. Um, so I'm. Yeah. I'm. But you know, obviously LSU has their players. They are LSU. They have saw. saw Michael Baskerville's a great player. Um, so I'm interested to see DBU go up against Tennessee and their and their uh, budding wide receivers. Is Tillman playing in this one? He's I don't. Been I don't believe so. I don't okay, believe so. That's, so. That's a big advantage there uh, for LSU if they could take advantage of that. They'll have a chance, but still, I think this the system is it, it, hypo. They're cooking. I got the Vols. I'm buying in. Top yeah. 10 team, and maybe they, they jump up top five after this victory. Maybe they do. Uh, in the Big 12, we have a Big 12 eliminator here. Uh, number 17, TCU Horned Frogs oh, man. laying seven. In Lawrence uh, against the number nineteen Kansas, an undefeated Kansas Jayhawks. Rock Chalk Allen. Is this uh, uh, where game day's at? Yes, it is. Uh, mm -hmm. First time ever in Lawrence for a football game. Wow! And yeah, this is a Big Twelve eliminator, and it is a. Uh, I mean, this is a big noon kickoff too. This is uh, yeah early on national TV on cable on FS1. Uh, so this is this is the biggest moment in Kansas football history, uh, and they're taking on these horny toads. Oh, it's so hard. I think I've missed every Big Twelve game I've picked this week. 
So maybe I shouldn't pick Kansas just so I can I can give them that boost. Uh, why are they so good? How did they turn this around? Because they got a coach that never lost ever in many years well, from the FCS, and Devin I, Neal's a hell of a running back. I, I don't know if they're. I, I still don't know if they're that good. But I'll tell you something right now. This TCU team is good. My 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 man Sonny Dykes has this has this team rolling. The dangerous offense, throwing all over the place, bringing that SMU style over to Fort Worth. Uh, I, I I do I like TCU big in this game. How many okay? How many touchdowns for Max Duggan in this? Because he's got eleven on the year, looking pretty good. Sneaky, sneaky Heisman uh, candidate, if you ask me. Five, maybe. That's an offense that's really so. You got them scoring at least thirty-five in this on Kansas. Oh, I think they're scoring over forty easily. Classic Big Ten, Big Twelve matchup. Then yes. Wow, this is. I mean, enjoy it while it lasts. The Big Twelve is going to be gone soon. <laughs> Kansas has beaten Houston though. They've they Houston's put, not good. They could score though. They whooped on WVU. They did something we that Pitt couldn't do. You got that right. Yeah. But then the thing that that I that I look at is their last two games haven't been the best. The, the it's slowing down. Uh, with with this 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 Cinderella story, Kansas. Uh. After the Houston win, big win, they only beat the worst ACC on paper team, uh, Duke, by eight. And then last week, they only scored 14 to beat Iowa State. That's not a Big 12 game. So I'm going to go TCU, too. Um, I want Kansas to win. I like this story. I'm going to go TCU wins 41 to 33. Okay. Sounds good to me. Uh, Out West, Alan. In the Pac-12, uh, uh, some may say this is a Pac-12 eliminator. It is. Uh, uh, you got number eleven Utah laying four and a half uh, on the road at the Rose Bowl against number eighteen UCLA. Allen, I'm I'm seeing four and a half, four down to four at the Westgate. A total this total of sixty five. Uh, these Bruins, man. I'm telling you, a lot of people have been down on them, but they they showed what they were made of uh, last Friday night uh, against UW. Uh, Alan, we have we have a mutual friend that's a uh, a, a, a a big time UCLA supporter, uh, re- really in, in tune with what's going on in that program, and he he told me that they are they are ready to roll. Uh, they are ready for this very tough stretch they have here against Washington, Utah, and Oregon. Uh, I. I I don't know if they're necessarily going to win this game, but I do like the Bruins plus the points at home. Oh, this is what it's all about. This is an eliminator. I want nothing more besides Pitt winning the ACC this year. All I want more than anything is UCLA and USC to be meeting undefeated. I I want that to be (laughs) happening. I want that to happen so bad uh, next month, Uh, but we need to get through this first. And just like my man, Max Duggan, for TCU, lots of touchdowns, no interceptions. Dorian Thompson Robinson of UCLA. If you watched that game last week, this is a guy also throwing lots of touchdowns, running in a lot of touchdowns, not turning the ball over, being a great leader for Chip Kelly's offense. I know Utah came in with all the juice in the Pac-12 this year, and they're the favorites, but man, and Chip Kelly is not a fun guy to root for, but the UCLA Bruins are a fun team to watch. Uh, and 
that quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, one of the most fun football players to watch in all of college football, rooting hard for UCLA. And just because I want it to happen, I'm going to pick them going with my heart here. UCLA wins 20 to 19. It's going to be a very close one. 20 to 19. Yes. We're going to be going on that road. Uh, I, I'll I'll be fighting on, of course, rooting for Jordan Addison. I know that's not popular with a lot of Pitt fans, but I have I have family that went to SC. I grew up around a lot of SC fans. Can't root for UCLA against them, but I don't want to see Utah beat them. Uh, save it for SC to do it. That'll make for a better story in college football. And of course, as the Pac-12 sails off into the sunset, <laughs> a big three thirty Eastern kickoff on Fox, same time as the pit game this week, Alan. Virginia Tech getting 14 and a half uh, at Heinz Field this week. Uh, 14 and a half, I'm seeing at the Westgate, 14 yep. at the Golden Nugget, and at William Hill looks like a total of 43 and a half uh, across the board here. Uh, to me, Alan, this is a line in the sand game. Line in the sand, uh, they cannot afford to lose this game. This is a must-win game. Uh, after you dropped uh, to a horrible opponent last week, you cannot lose again at home on a homecoming game to another just horrible team. You, you cannot let that happen two weeks in a row. That would be absolutely embarrassing. Uh, a, a line in the sand game, a must-win. Do you agree with me? I, I'm going to go one step further. It's not a line in a sand game for me. I mean, you could label it that. I would, I would, I don't dispute it, but I'm going to say this is a jump off a bridge game. Oh. Uh, this is, if you don't win, uh, jump off a bridge if you are uh, defending the ACC as a, as a top-tier conference, or at least the Coastal is being strong. Uh, we can let go of that fairy tale uh, if Pitt loses this, if they're beating up on each other this way. Um, that just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. And also for the Pitt program, losing the two games like this, the two maybe most winnable games on the conference schedule preseason, yeah. uh, losing <laughs> both of those, uh, it's a jump off a bridge moment because, well, that's where you start asking very real, not jokey questions about a program uh, that they're going to be a lot more vocal, a lot louder uh, voices be, being heard about things like changing things up whether it's quarterbacks coaches staff i mean they're yeah two losses in a row like that would be detrimental to the program that's why i am seriously saying it's a jump off a bridge game you have to win this game there's no if ands or buts and impressively discipline discipline and i'll say this i'm not saying they can't recover if they would lose this game but, you know, you're going on by next week. It is going to be a long two weeks, uh, particularly if you're head coach Pat Narduzzi. All you're going to be hearing about was last year, all you were were just two players, and now they're gone, and now you're back to being nothing. That, yeah. That's all That's all you're going to hear. This is a absolute must-win game, and I, and I will say, and I, you know, I, I part of part of this is wishful thinking, maybe uh, that they're going to come out and, and really attack this team. Like I know they're capable of. I, I think I think they will. I think they realize that they really got to, yeah, you know, let things go here. Uh, and if they do that, uh, I really think that that Keaton Slovis and this passing attack uh, will be able to put up some points. I, I think that the defense uh, 
uh, will be able to do enough uh, and really focus on, on stopping the run this week and I think Pitt's going to come out with a victory in this game I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be pretty necessarily uh I think it'll be a, a low scoring affair um I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Pitt to win this game and yeah, maybe 27 to 13. You know everyone on that Pitt football team is human and so losing a game like that to Georgia Tech while unlikely and horrible and tough to stomach it's possible and it happened and it you know it wasn't beyond the realm of possibility as much as we wanted to keep that out of our mind last week Um, but since everyone is human on the pit football team you know that can't happen but if everyone on the pit football team or at least the majority of the players in the that are on the field and then the coaching staff who are getting them prepared are smart humans they won't lose this game you, you cannot lose this game uh, because you should be able to adjust what you saw on tape from last week. This is a totally capable football team of going out there and destroying a team like Virginia Tech, a Georgia Tech, or most teams they face if they have their stuff together. Can they do it? I think, of course, they can this week. They will. And, and if they don't, then there's serious questions. Hate to put in the hyperbole, but losing two in a row like that, um, that's serious, seriously uh, – not acceptable, I think, with any uh, major football program, especially when you had the momentum Pitt had going into last week. You could lose it in a flash. That's how this sport works. Yeah. So Pat Narduzzi knows that, and I think Pitt will go out there and take care of business. And like you said, probably won't be pretty because I don't think Pitt's a team that's going to win pretty all year. And we said all year. They might run the table, but every game will be close or ugly or – and you know we knew, know well, this I, about I, that's I, that's the part of the personality too, which isn't the worst I, thing as long as you win. I, I don't know if I, I I still don't know if I necessarily agree with that though because yeah we, we've seen this team show the ability to to score and score quickly. We we know they have that in them. You you have two out uh, yeah they're both hurt right now, but you have two outstanding running backs that are capable of big plays every time they touch the ball. You got enough talent at receiver, and you got a quarterback that could make all the throws. Uh, it's just a matter of you know can they put it all together? They haven't the past few weeks. They got to start doing it now. They got to do it this Saturday, three thirty homecoming game on the ACC network. I got him winning twenty three to fifteen. Oh, oh man! Oh. Oof. They might be up the entire game, though. They probably will be. So it won't. It'll be ugly, but it won't be uncomfortable. I mean, how important is it in this game to get on top soon? To get on top, yeah, right to start. How important on it? I mean, is that first drive? I mean, you can't go. I mean, if they go three and out that first drive, my goodness. Nothing is more important than that because it is such a mental game. It is such a fickle sport. You could mess yourself up. You can really just destroy your own your own psyche. You could destroy your own confidence in a flash. Sure, you had a bad game last week. If you go out there, though, and have a similar output offensively, especially defense, I'm so confident the beginning of this game will be fine. And if I'm wrong, then I'll be very mad and you can all. I don't know. Complain or whatever. It's blame me. Say I jinxed them. Defense not worried about. But if the offense goes out three and out or goes out and has a bunch of false starts, holding penalties, uh, illegal yeah. shifts, um, that then the rest of the game could be disaster. That's how that starts. 
have to go out. Signetti, please have a great 20 plays lined up and go out and execute. And I think Slovis is going to be confident to start this one. So I think that'll be good. And then Pitt will start from ahead in this game, play from ahead, and not get those jitters they had against Georgia Tech. Because you watched that game, you saw they, they started believing they could lose, and that's why they lost. Because early in that game, they were playing, and they're, we're better than this team. We're going to win. We just got to get our stuff together. And as their stuff you know, was being spread out all over the field, and they had to collect it and put it in a bag, and they were losing track of some things. And then they started fumbling. Uh, they started realizing, oh, no, we can lose. Oh, no, we are going to lose. And that was a total – you could just see a team losing to itself last week. Prevent that by starting off well against Virginia Tech this week, and all will be fine, and we can move on and get that week off. I, I will I will say this, uh, and we've said this on this program before, yeah, off a loss, Coach Narduzzi, even, even after the horrible losses, he somehow gets this team – you know, back up and ready to play. Uh, and he's going to have to do it th- this Saturday. Uh, a critical, a must-win game. We'll see what happens. This is what he is all about, so let's see him leave that legacy to the greatest coach after a loss in history. <laughs> Maybe that'll be his uh, his legacy. I don't know. A lot, a lot riding on this one for Pat Narduzzi, I'd say, too. But uh, we're out of time. We are. We got to get ready for this game. I'm glad the Georgia Tech game is in the past, and hopefully, brighter days ahead for the Pitt Panthers in 2022, Vince. But uh, before we hit stop on this one, you got anything left to say? All I got to say is, is make sure you're tuning in to the ACC Network. Make sure you're down at the stadium at 3:30 this Saturday and hail to Pitt. Remember at H2P Show if you want to hit us up on Twitter, tweet us during the game or after the game, or before the game, you know where to find us there. And, of course, hail to pit Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to send those long diatribes, we'll read them. Maybe one day we'll read one on the air. I get a kick out of them. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the love and feedback we get each week, even though this week it's less of you, less people are listening after a loss, and that's totally understandable. So we're going to be on our A game next week because Pitt's going to win. And we'll have way more people tuning in to this show. Or if there's no one and they lose again, and it's just Vince and I, we'll still be here. It's a long season. We're in the middle of this damn thing. We're going to get through it together. Thanks again, everybody. Enjoy Pitt, Virginia Tech, and we'll see you next week. Hail to Pitt!